Blog Talk Radio. Well, hello and welcome to Blog Talk Radio and to Dynamic Word Bible Studies. Uh, we're uh, having a little bit of a technical difficulty here, but we're going to just keep rolling. Um, welcome. Uh, this is your host, Felicia DeRozier, and my co-host, Cross and Ryan. And we're so excited to see you guys here today. Um, we're going to have a lot to talk about. We're going to talk about entering into encouragement. And we just did it in our pajamas, so that's a bonus. That is always a bonus. All right. And uh, I think you'll be able to hear us a little better now, which is awesome. Um, so, yeah, we're going to be talking about entering into encouragement today. I'm very excited about that. We'll also be talking about um, a topic just because it seems to have naturally come up a little bit. Uh, we were going to have a guest, and our guest, unfortunately, couldn't join us. And I feel like, I don't know, I feel like it's a God thing right now to give us a little extra time to talk about something that I think is important. And I think other people think it's... Don't cancel your Facebook over it. Right, I think other people think it's important, too, and that's uh, encouraging women in ministry. Um, and uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about that and just have, like, a free conversation. Um because I feel like it's important, I think that this is a good chapter. It just kind of nestles real well in here. Um, and you guys will see why when we start talking about encouragement. But for right now, let's cut to commercial break so we can get to the nitty-gritty. Okay? Yay. We all know that times are tough and things are really expensive right now. So why not save a little bit of your wallet as well as the landfill? Marty.com carries high-quality products at low, low prices, sometimes up to 70% off of retail. I just got a wonderful package of beef jerky for one cent sent to my house through Marty.com. Marty.com offers high-quality products at discount prices. Why? Well, sometimes products are seasonal or overstocked, or packaging just changes. It's still great quality food, but it's going to end up in the landfill if we don't find some way to distribute it. And leave that to Marty.com. Now, if you want to save a little extra today, you can get $20 off your first order by going to our Facebook group for Dynamic Word Bible Studies and picking up a discount code there. So check out Dynamic Word Bible Studies at Facebook and find Marty.com on our comments. You'll be able to get this free discount code. It's going to give you $20 off, and it's also a great way to support our show and to keep those landfills light and to save some money in your wallet. And I'm all about saving money. So check out Marty.com. I've heard stories from teachers in classes where their students are grounded that they have half the level of referrals for discipline. Some students who were in tears because they were experiencing success when before they were experiencing failure with their behavior and discipline. I've heard stories from teachers with autistic children who have been grounded where they have less of what they call the meltdowns. And the meltdowns are less frequent and shorter and they come back into the classroom and they're learning more than they had learned prior to the grounding. It's amazing what happens not just with the teacher at the front of the class, but what can happen with the student. 
sitting in the class. And just think if every single student and every single teacher and every single classroom and every single school across this whole world was grounded. The information is provided for general informational purposes only. The contents are not intended or implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Ground Therapy Incorporated makes no representations about the efficiency, appropriateness, or suitability of any specific tests, procedures, treatments, services, opinions, healthcare providers, or other information that may be contained in or available through the information provided. Have you looked at the price of Bitcoin lately? Cryptocurrencies are the hottest financial investment right now. Well, what if you can get free Bitcoin fractions by having an app on your phone or PC? Introducing Lolly, a website that rewards you with free Bitcoin pieces with your online purchases. You purchase from one of thousands of companies like Chewy, Old Navy, Groupon, and others. You get a percent of your purchase back in Bitcoin. Use my link on freedomizerradio.live or find me on Facebook for your special link to get started. Lolly, earn free Bitcoin while you shop. All right, guys. Well, welcome back to Dynamic Word Bible Studies. Welcome back. Welcome. So uh, today we're going to be talking about entering into encouragement. And that sounds like fun. It crosses like you're such a nerd. <laughs> I mean, they may as well know what I'm really like, buddy. I don't know what to say. <laughs> All right. Did you want to bring us in today, bud? Sure. All right. <laughs> Can't even not say anymore. I'm not even going to try. Pass off, everybody. <laughs> We're good. Thank you for this day. Thank you for this good for us. Thank you uh, that we can have this airtime to talk about you and your words. And we hope that we have good notes and good words today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We do not have good notes today. This is going to be a lot of us talking, okay? Like, it's, oh, it's going to be okay. I don't know. Like, I just, happiness. right, I kind of felt like this was more of a discussion. So um, today we're going to be starting off. First of all, did you guys know we're in the last chapter of Romans? Woo! Finally, this has been a long journey, more than a year. We've been in Romans, and we've been talking just topic by topic by topic as, Guys, we, as we came up. It's taking so long. Well, are you ready to switch to another book? Yes. Yes, he is. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm still finding cool stuff in Romans. I don't know. How about you, Mariah? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I'm still finding cool stuff in Romans. Like, I'm excited to switch to a different style. Of Imagine book, how long John's going to take. John is going to take a while, but um, I'm excited to... Um, move into something with a little bit more action and history. Um, I have really enjoyed the epistles, um, and I have really enjoyed getting to look at structured theology. But I'm also super excited to look at the life of Jesus in the the Gospel of John. So it'll be a whole new thing. Um, You know, we've, we've got big plans, big plans, people, big plans. But uh, we're finally in that last chapter of Romans, so let's start out with uh, chapter 16. I'll go ahead and read our verses. If you're following along with your own Bible, uh, we're opening up to uh, Romans chapter 16. We're starting in verse 1, and we'll be reading through verse 16. Um, And I will tell you, one of the worst things you can do when you're reading the Bible is not know how to pronounce something. Oh, my gosh. So we're especially reading out, out loud to a bunch of people. Like on the air. Right? Like, yeah. Okay. Like right now. So I'm going to tell you, I practice this a lot, and we'll probably find a bit of this, because there's probably, like, 25 ancient names in here. 
they're hard to pronounce and different cultures. So, so please forgive me if uh, one one or two of the names do not come out quite right. I'm going You're to like, do, wait, who's that? right. I'm going to do my best. So, um, and so uh, this is labeled um, uniquely personal greetings in my Bible. Um, and I've always seen it, and I've had multiple versions. I've always seen it labeled as personal greetings. Um, so it almost felt a little weird doing this bit, but but um, I, I'll explain the reason why. I feel like we did a good job doing it. So I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a servant of the church at Centuria, that you may welcome her in the Lord in a way worthy of the saints and to help her in whatever she may need from you. For she has been a patron of many and of myself as well. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow co-workers in Christ, who risked their necks for me, to whom I not only give thanks, but to all the churches of the Gentiles give thanks as well. Greet also in the church the church in their house. Greet my beloved Epinatus, who was the first convert to Christ in Asia. Greet Mary, who has worked hard for you. Greet Andronicus and Junia, my kinsmen and my fellow prisoners. They were well known to the apostles, and they were in Christ before me. Greet Amplius, my brother in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, our fellow worker in Christ, and my beloved Stachius. Greet Apollos, who was approved in Christ. Greet those who belong to the family of Aristobulus. Greet the kinsmen Herodians. Greet those in the Lord who belong to the family of Narcissus. Greet those workers in the Lord, <laughs> Tryphania and Tryphosa. Greet the beloved Perseus, who has worked hard in the Lord. Greet Rufus chosen of the Lord, also his mother, who has been a mother to me as well. Greet Ancicrius, Phlegon, Hermes, Petrobos, Hermas, and the brothers who are with them. Greet Syllaga, Julia, Nereus, and his sister Olympus, and all the saints who are with them. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the churches of Christ greet you. Okay, so this is this really interesting part of this letter, and it almost feels weird and a little, like, I don't know, like we're peering through the window of the living room of Paul at this point, right? Because these seem like very personal greetings, and they're labeled as personal greetings in the Bible. That was a very specific description. I'm just saying, like, it feels a little bit, like, I don't even know what the word is, but, like, but like you know, we're um, being voyeuristic there, okay, like just watching um, his personal life unfold. And then I started to realize that we're not being voyeuristic. And, in fact, I'm going to say I almost question the label that we've given it when we say personal greetings from Paul. They are personal greetings, but they were made public. Um, these letters were sent to the churches in Rome, and they were sent to be read aloud in front of the Roman churches. So it's not so much a personal greeting. He's not just saying, oh, say hi to this person and say hi to this person. Does that make sense? Um, but that was in the letter and to be announced to all the churches of Rome. I think there were five of them, okay, 
Um, but within the city of Rome, there were um, several different hubs that met as churches, and this letter would have done its rounds. And at each one, it would have been read from the pulpit as part of their Sunday service, or actually, it's so long, the entirety of their Sunday service, right? Okay. That would be their That would be their Sunday service. So you get to the end, and there's this list of people that he's saying to to greet or to um, say hello on his behalf. Um, and so to me, as I was reading this, I was like, well, wait, this isn't like a, um, I'm in the middle of a phone call. Hey, wait, I want to say hi to my friend. It's, it's, it's not like that awkward football player who makes the, the touchdown and then says, hi, Mom. It's not like that. Like, Paul puts this in with intentionality. I feel like you would only do that if you won the Super Bowl. I mean, I, I suppose. Like, you know, he could have put in there as a postscript, um, you know, in your travels, say hello to these people. But he didn't. He intended this to be read in front of the churches. Um, okay. I just imagine they're reading that in front of the church. It's like, say hello to Aristotle. Hi, Aristotle. Right, right, right. Like they were like, so, so, so think of it more like this. Have you ever been in church service and the pastor calls you out by name and says something nice about you on stage? Um, he's done that to dad. He's done that to dad for sure, right? Okay. He's never done that to me. Well, maybe someday you're just kind of little and you're not always there. Right? Brandon's done that to me. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, he's, he is, um, your ministry leader, right? And how did that make you feel? Good, embarrassed. Ooh, embarrassed, but pretty good, right? Right? It's uplifting you in front of... And then everyone just looked at me. Right. Stared at me. Right, they're kind of uplifting you in front of, you know, your your uh, fellow churchgoers, right? Um, and so uh, I really feel like he, he is doing this to kind of lift off in the Roman church like a hall of fame. These are the people who are making your church work. So I'm saying hello, but I'm also saying thank you and acknowledging your hard work. Um, and so he's not like just whispering hello from like across the pews, like passing notes to his friends. Um, but instead he's giving them the ultimate shout out across the nations and across the millennia, because we still get to hear about um, Priscilla and Phoebe and all these people who he has given a shout out to, right? Um, and so uh, just kind of think about that church in Rome meeting together with this letter read out loud and the focal point of, and it being the focal point of their service. Um, and as Paul's letter draws to a close, the reader says your name with a note of encouragement from the incomparable Paul. Like this would be amazing, right? And ministry is really hard in the first century. I mean, there aren't really church traditions to fall back on. You know, sometimes we get caught up in the, this is just the way that we do it type of a mentality. But back then, there was no way that they did things. You know, you were just trying to figure it out still. So um, it would have been really, really hard to do. Um, And many fellow workers in the faith at this point had been badly treated and abused. And, of course, Stephen's already been martyred. Um, so you've given up status within your city and maybe cost a vision in your family. You're discouraged to say the least. And then you hear your name with a special encouragement from Paul. Um, and I think that would have been super duper duper cool. Okay. Um, 
And it doesn't always make everything better, but Paul knows that encouragement is good for the soul. So let's look at um, some of the things that Paul would have been thinking about when trying to encourage these believers. Um, Proverbs 12, 25 um, says, anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, but a good word makes him glad. Um, So I'm sure that Paul kind of had that in mind, right? That encouragement can be very, very helpful to these people who are struggling and going through some difficulties. Um, also, I'm looking for the scripture. Why can't I find it right now? Looking for Hebrews. Anybody wants to help me out here? Hebrews uh, 10:24. Thought that I had marked it, but I can't find it right this second. 10:24. Yep. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Okay, so um, he definitely wants to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Now, now here's an interesting thing about this scripture, too. Um, and this is why later on we're going to talk a little bit about this, uh, women in ministry leadership, okay? But I just want to mention um, at first that that was a long list. Oh, I know what you're going to talk about. What? Okay. That uh, the girl's name was mentioned first, and then the boy. Cause okay, yeah. So that's one. That's one thing. Because usually, traditionally, it was the guy's name first, then the girl. Sure, sure. So, so we've got. Um, that's one of the things we can talk about. So we'll talk about that first. We've got a long list of people, and I'm going to say quite a few of them are women. When when I went through the list, now now um, some of the names uh, may seem feminine than they're not. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I, I notably at least five stood out to me because a couple of them were noted as being mothers, so those are definitely not men. Um, Junia was a woman, Priscilla was a woman, and Phoebe was a woman, okay? So, um, now, Junia gets mentioned other places, so she's actually a really prominent, uh, person in the church, but... Um, let's talk first about Priscilla and Aquila. Um, who were they? Um, women. So, no, uh, Priscilla was a woman. Aquila oh. was her spouse. Right. Okay. And they were? They were a married couple, right? And they were ministers in the church. They, they were not ministers in the church. They were actually missionaries. Okay. And they did, they ran a house church. Okay. And it didn't say... Like, like it was their church, not, not, not Aquila's church. Okay, it wasn't the husband's church; it was their church. Um, but what's interesting about it is that Priscilla's name is mentioned first, which is a little odd for tradition back then. Just like now, if we mention a couple, we say Mister and Mrs. And if we use one name and only one name, it's always his name, right? And that's, that's to honor guys. I, I don't have a problem with that, of course. But it's unusual because uh, when he writes the letter, he actually mentions her name first, um, which is interesting because you do that. Right. Well, because it was the same then that you would always mention the, the man's name first than the female. So this is not just a um, random chance occurrence, but this seems – to be a intentional thing on on the part on the part of Paul. 
Um, and there could be several reasons for this, but my guess, and this is just a guess, is that, um, you know, Aquila being a guy is probably spending a lot of his time working to support their household and that Priscilla is spending more time doing ministry. Like, and I believe, if I remember correctly, that these guys are actually the ones that teach Paul tent making, which helps to support his ministry. That's so. uh, when, after he got kicked out of the synagogue, because that was like a tradition for him, um, he would go <laughs> to the, his favorite thing to do. That was his favorite thing to do. Is get, he would go to the city streets and he would uh, pitch and sell all the tents to make his living so yeah. that he could pay for all his expenses, like uh, ships and boat traveling. And, and and living, right? right that's right. true. So he so, need food. He's fine. Right. So if I if I recall properly, it's actually Aquila who taught him the the trade of tent making. Um, and then him like Elijah. And then Priscilla was spending a lot of time also um, ministering with them. Um, so there's another woman who's mentioned in here, and this is an interesting one, and that's Phoebe. I don't know a whole lot about Phoebe except for what Paul tells us about Phoebe. First of all, Phoebe is not from Rome, right? She's traveling there. It's interesting that he would mention, hey, this lady's coming to you. Make sure you treat her well, right? Um, my guess is she's actually the person who's carrying the letter. Okay? So I'm thinking that she's probably the person um, who's carrying the letter, uh, and that's why it's important for him to mention her at this time. Now, um, there's a certain word in here, because um, it says, I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a servant of the church. And the word servant here is interesting. The word servant here is interesting. Um, it can literally be translated as servant, but in every other instance when it's translated, it's actually translated as deacon when it's referring to a guy. Um, and so... Uh, this is a translation difference, not actually a different word. So, um, well, not just. This is this is ESV. So um, they've done the same thing. They've done the same thing. Uh, so, but a deacon is technically a servant of the church, right? So Paul's basically giving a shout out to all his friends and uh, companions, and to um, the people who are working hard in ministry, like while he's rotting in prison. Um, no, he's now here. He's actually tra- getting ready to travel to Rome. He's not in prison yet. So not yet. Not yet. Give him some time. <laughs> um, so Phoebe is um, a deaconess, um, or she is a a major contributor contributor of service to the church in some way. Um, and we know this because not only does um, he say. Like, he's really trying to lay down the red carpet for Phoebe, okay? Uh, Welcome her in a way worthy of the saints and help her in whatever she may need from you, for she has been a patron of many and myself as well. Um, So a patron of many. Like, that, um, like, he's really elevating her status. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Um, So he wants to make sure she's well-received. And my assumption is, that she probably is the person carrying the letter to Rome, um, entrusted with a great responsibility. And I think that that's really, really cool for him to mention. Um, so 
while things don't always just get automatically better because of the fact that someone's encouraged you, um, Paul really knows that these words of encouragement matter. In a day when serving Christ came at a very high cost, his praise and encouragement would have been priceless. Um, And then the question is, like, how do words of encouragement help the body of Christ? Um, Can you guys think of anything? Hmm. They're being prosecuted. Well, at the time, they're being persecuted pretty, pretty harshly, right? Yeah. They tried to stone Paul. They did. They did a couple of times. Um, so I think they always succeeded. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, they always succeeded at stoning him. They just didn't always succeed at killing him. True. Okay. So uh, it expresses trust and confidence. Um, I was knocking at the door. Yes, he is. Um, <laughs> it expresses trust and confidence, and it can help support fellow workers in the field to be effective in their ministry. And that's, um, I think, kind of the point when we were talking about Phoebe there was that how effective do you think she would have been in ministering and even delivering the letter if she wasn't received with great help after a long journey? That would have been really hard, right? You know, what if they threw her out of the church because she was a foreigner? Right. So, so this was going to be difficult uh, without having a a good uh, recommendation from Paul. Um, secondly, it can express thankfulness. Um, how do you respond when someone is thankful for you for what you've done? Does it make you feel pretty good? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it can it can make a big difference and. To me, it's not just that it makes me feel good, but it encourages me to continue to do the same thing. So, like, um, Mariah, for example, she serves at our church really quite tirelessly. Okay? She's a hard worker. She gets in there, and she, she definitely gets in and serves. And when somebody says, I just want to thank you because, you know, you're doing so great with the young adults ministry and training to do new beginnings, and, and she does um, – some of the upfront ministry was talking and stuff like that. And they go, gosh, I just want to thank you for all the time and the hours that you commit and making the church beautiful because she's on the, the aesthetic team and all that. Doesn't that just make you, man, you might even be tired, but it just makes you feel good. And you're like, okay, I'm ready to go do it all over again, right? Maybe after a nap. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I need a nap first, but I'll come right back and do it all over again. And so it encourages people to continue. And we have to remember how very difficult ministry can be. It's not just what you see. Like, in the background, there's all this spiritual warfare going on, too, Um, that when you step up to minister, you're challenged every time you turn around. with the same daily struggles that you have, but then there's all these spiritual struggles as well. And sometimes um, you can have a really bad week or month or or even year um, just dealing with the personal struggles that are seeking to distract you from completing the mission that God has for you. And sometimes that word of encouragement matters so much. You know, sometimes someone's just looking at you and going, 
you know what? Times are hard for you, but God is good and he's doing good things for you. Like sometimes that reminder is just what you need to lift yourself up, right? Um, and it gives people courage in the hard times to continue leading and serving. You know, um, I know that it has become increasingly difficult to be a Christian uh, in the United States if you mention publicly anything about your faith. Um, and so a lot of times people stay silent. I know I did for a long time um, because they're worried about losing their business. They're worried about not being able to support their family. They're worried about, um, you know, for me, one of the major worries is, like, you don't become a super solid Christian overnight. And so, like, you start out having um, challenges that you're facing and, yeah. and well, I, you know, or, or like making mistakes. Um, and, you know, we've all hurt people in our lifetime too, right? And um, you always worry that something like that's going to come around and someone's going to, you know, express some concern over you now leading a ministry when, you know, back in the day you were, you know, this, that, or the other, right? Like, that's always a concern, too. Um, and so it can give people courage during hard times when they are concerned, like in our culture, that you're going to get canceled, that you're going to lose um, income or opportunity for income, um, that uh, you're going to lose friends, you know, that, that what you're doing is worth doing. Um, and that really matters, I think. Being a leader in church or ministry can really place a target on your back. And this was even more true in ancient Rome where persecution was brewing and ready to boil over. Could you imagine, like, being on um, the Roman hit list, right? <laughs> like, that would not, not be a place where you'd like to be. Um, all those times that they tried to kill Paul, he was on their hit list. He was, but, I mean, imagine if you're in an environment where speaking up for the gospel could potentially put you in that kind of danger. It's pretty scary, you know. Um, these people were brave on a level that we don't really have to be. Um, and so they needed that uplifting word. You know, remember, a scroll was only so long that he's sending as a letter, Right. But to have just written down on that scroll a thank you from Paul would have meant a huge deal to these people who are serving the poor, serving the needy, serving the neglected, serving the people of their church, spreading the gospel, um, and doing so literally at their own risk. You know, it, it, we're, we're in a much kinder and gentler place right now. Um, and we're blessed because of that, because, you know, most of us don't go, oh, gosh, if I go and share the gospel today, um, that person I share the gospel with might turn me into might, you know, I might die or go to prison because of it. Like, we're, we're not in that place. Um, but, but they were. <laughs> they were. Um, and it made a big difference. So um, I remember what, what this immediately made me think of when I was thinking about people in ministry and how difficult it can be. Um, I thought back to uh, Cornerstone and um, COVID-19. Now, we live in the state of Nevada, and during uh, the beginning of COVID-19, all of the churches were shut down. Um, casinos were shut down, too, for a little while, but it didn't take very long for casinos to open back up. But houses of worship remained closed for about three months longer, I want to say. 
Is that about it? It was a while. Right. So, um, and the government had termed people either essential or non-essential. Now, for our household, things really kind of moved along in the same way um, as they always did because we homeschool. So we continued to homeschool. We're just at home most of the day anyways. Right, right. We do a lot of activities at home um, to school anyhow. And then um, Dad, he's in transportation. He works in in, uh, logistics and transportation, which is essential during all times. That industry has to continue to run. Otherwise, you're not going to get donuts and danishes and food and resources and whatever you need at the stores. But I remember um, my pastor, Pastor Greg, being hit really hard by the term that the government gave to people who did not continue to live life the way that they had normally lived, and they were considered non-essential. And for him, that really, like, it hit hard that the government decided he was non-essential. Now, understand his congregation never thought of him as non-essential, um, we we knew how important he was to our lives and to helping to keep us encouraged during this time. Um, but he needed a lot of encouragement. And, of course, this is October, right, Pastor's Appreciation Month. So if you have a pastor that needs a little bit of uplifting, this might be a good time to send in a card or a gift card or just, you know, bake him some cookies or something, tell him that you love him. Um, encouragement is one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, too. Did you know that? So let's check that out. That's um, actually in Romans. I never want anybody to take my word for it, right? Um, Romans 12, 6 through 8. I don't know if I marked it. So let's see if I can find it real quick. There we go. The close. Having the gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in proportion to our serving, the one who teaches in, in teaching, the one who exhorts in exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, and the one who leads with zeal, and the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Um, so exhortation is that same word for encouragement there. Um, you don't have to be a spiritual giant like Paul to operate in the gift of encouragement. God will give you the words and opportunity to encourage others if you give him the chance. And um, if you, so just look at the way that God has used this gift powerfully in the Bible. Um, I have a few examples here in the book of Acts. So let's check that out. Acts 11, 23 and 24. Verse 24, Um, when he came and he saw the grace of God, he was glad, and he exhorted them all to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith, and a great many people were added to the Lord. Um, So this is when Barnabas came to Antioch, and he's really encouraged because he's seeing God's Holy Spirit pouring out everywhere, and he encourages them to keep working in that Um, in that way. 
Uh, now, let's also look here at Acts 14, uh, verses 21 and 22. This is <laughs> when Paul was so <laughs> at Lystra. So uh, this is just after Paul is stoned. Um, and uh, we're going to pick up in verse 21. Um, when they had preached the gospel to that city, so this is after, I'm going to actually read this whole thing because I kind of felt the whole thing was kind of interesting. So um, he's in Lystra and uh, he's preaching. And it says, but the Jews came from Antioch and Iconium and having persuaded the crowds, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing that he was dead. So when the disciples gathered about him, he rose up and entered in the city on the next day. He went on with Barnabas to debris. When they had preached the gospel to that city and had made disciples, they returned to Lystra and to Iconium and Antioch. I wouldn't have come back, I'm just saying. <laughs> Strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in their faith, and saying that through many tribulations we must enter the kingdom of God. And when they had appeared to the elders for them in every church with prayer and fasting, they committed them to the Lord in whom they had believed. So, the picture is Paul, um, he kind of gets set up by these previous cities that he had that he had visited, and they incite the crowd to stone him. Like, the crowd was fine. And then they're like, no, this guy's a heretic, stone him, stone him. So they take him outside the city, they drag him outside the gate, they stone him, and they leave him for dead. But he's not dead. And so the first thing that happens is the other disciples come and gather around him, and what does it do? It gives him strength. And he gets up and walks back into the city, right? And then they take him to a neighboring town to preach. And then he comes back to the place where he just got stoned, all right? And he's like, look at what happens. We have to face these trials and tribulations, but God gives us this miraculous strength to do good things, um, you know, and, and he's able to minister powerfully after that. And it's all because, first of all, of the encouragement of the disciples, and then he comes back and he encourages them in return. Um, here we've got Acts 15. Um, Acts 15, verse 32. And Judas and Silas, who were themselves prophets, encouraged and strengthened the brothers with many words. And after they had spent some time, they were sent off in peace by the brothers to those who had sent them. But Paul and Barnabas remained in Antioch teaching and preaching the word. So so they're just continuing to encourage these, these folks in the church, okay? Um, Mariah, could you look this one up here? Because um, I think it's a really important one on how we should be responding to this call to be encouraging. First Thessalonians, chapter 5, verses 9 through 14. You want me to do it now? Yeah, go ahead and read it. For God chose to save us through our Lord Jesus Christ, not to pour out his anger on us. Christ died for us so that whether we are dead or alive, when he returns, he can live with him forever, or we can live with him forever. So encourage each other and build each other up, just as you are already doing. Dear brothers and sisters, honor those who are leaders in the Lord's work. They work hard among you and give you spiritual guidance. Show them great respect and wholehearted love, 
because of their work and live peacefully with each other. Brothers and sisters, we urge you to warn those who are lazy, encourage those who are timid, take tender care for those who are weak, and be patient with everyone. Perfect. Very, very good. Um, So taking from that verse, um, the question is, how should we respond to this? Um, You know, how, how do we move forward understanding that God wants us to be encouraging? And I think the first thing we need to do is build each other up. Um, our words are meant to build each other up and to encourage each other. And I think I, I seem to remember being in college and feeling like the Lord really impressed upon my heart that the good things that we think about other people need to be said as often as possible. Uh, everyone needs to hear that you love them. Everyone needs to hear that, you're, that they're important to you. Um, that that is genuine praise and encouragement. It's not flattery, but people need to hear it because I think that we hear criticism so, so much, um, and especially in the faith, especially, you know, seeking to do the things that we're doing. We hear all this criticism. And so um, we really need to hear those encouraging words. We need to build each other up. Second is um, to live in peace and uh, not to tear each other down. So we've got some folks that we want to heap genuine praise upon, right? And then other folks we don't always agree with. We don't always like them. (laughs) That's true, right? There's still some in in our groups that we're like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know about this one. And so um, we want to seek not to tear each other down but to live in peace. And Cross, I believe you have the scripture for that, Matthew 5, 9. Indeed I do. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Right? You want to be a son of God, right? Me? Well, I don't want to be a son of God. I want to be a daughter of God. Okay. That that works, right? (laughs) Uh, And so uh, that's really important for us to know that um, when they say that we'll be the son of God, that means that we're exemplifying Jesus' character. There's something about us that looks an awful lot like something about God, and that's because he um, has bought a ministry of peace and reconciliation with us, even though we weren't, well, we're certainly not the the best um, kids around, right? (laughs) And, And yet he seeks to reconcile and have peace with us, so we're supposed to be peaceful with those who need a little help. Um, and speaking of which, the next point is that we're supposed to help the weak. And here we're going to look at Romans 14.1. I've got that pulled up already. Isn't okay. that very convenient? That is very convenient. It's almost like I pointed it out to you a couple of minutes ago. And, right? Almost. Accept <laughs> him whose faith is weak without passing judgment on disputable matters. Okay. So let's not argue about silly things. Right. Right? I do that sometimes. That works. Yeah. You argue about silly things. Maybe maybe let's not argue so much about silly things, but encourage people to continue to do good things. Um, Oh, no, mostly uh, with Caitlin. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. It's hard not to argue with your sister. (laughs) You just live with each other all the time, and it becomes a thing, right? Um, And then lastly, we're supposed to be patient, and we can look at James. Chapter 5, verses 8 through 9 there. You too must be patient. Take courage, for the coming of the Lord is near. 
Don't grumble about each other, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. For look, the judge is standing at the door. Nice. And then we've got um, we've got one more verse in James that we're going to talk about um, because we're really supposed to speak good whenever we can. Um, we want to speak life and not death, okay? And James just has um, such a really, really good way of saying this. Um, James chapter 3, verses 2 through 5. Yep, stumble in many ways. If anyone is never at fault in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to keep his whole body in check. When we put bits in the, into the mouth, when we put bits into the mouths of horses, make them obey us, we can turn horses, we can turn the whole animal, or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, when the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great force is set on fire by a small spark. Right. So it's really important that we keep our tongue in check, right? Mm-hmm. Now I'm just noticing um, I'm not watching the time. It's like way past time for commercial breaks. So let's hop, let's hop real quick to commercial break, and then we'll do a short teaching about uh, women in ministries. Okay. I'm not a faithful. You can't shut down for Yay! Oh, well, you yeah. know. Let's head to commercial break. <laughs> we'll be our best. Hey, Freedomist Proof here. Just want to let everybody know that I have a trusted source for EMF protection. So you can block out this 5G possibly from your cell phone or any other electronic devices. Go to groundwithgia.com and please check out the selection of products that you might need to help filter out all this electronic garbage that's going to get into your house and to your life. So most of us have cell phones except for me. You're going to want to protect yourself. We all have Wi-Fi, and you definitely want to do something about this. Please check it out, groundwithgia.com. That's groundwithgia.com. My fellow Americans, it looks like some things have changed. Are we doing a good enough job teaching our children what America is and what she represents? Younger parents aren't sure that an appreciation of America is the right thing to teach modern children. We're not going to make America great again. It was never that great. When I drive into a neighborhood and there are American flags, it's a message of white supremacy. I'm warning of an eradication of the American memory that could result in an erosion of the American spirit. We need to completely dismantle the police department. If we forget what we did, we won't know who we are. We've got to do a better job of getting across that America is free, and freedom is special and rare. Freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom of enterprise. As long as we remember our first principle and believe in ourselves, the future will always be ours. Ours was the first revolution in the history of mankind that truly reversed the course of government, and with three little words, we the people. We the people are free.
once you begin a great movement, there's no telling where it'll end. Please check out our sponsor, Save Around. Save Around coupon books have been with us for several years, and they help you save money when going out to eat, renting a car, buying flowers, and all kinds of other good stuff. The good thing is you can view the coupon books before you buy. Please go to our website, freedomizerradio.com, and click on the Save Around book that you'll see right next to our chat room. Like I said, you could preview it before you purchase, and hopefully you'll save yourself some money and help us as well. Please check it out. Welcome back to Dynamic Word Bible Studies. We just got done talking about encouragement, right? And we want to encourage you now um, to... Subscribe to our channel on YouTube. I mean, we could do that, sure. Subscribe to our channel on YouTube. Why not? Share it around. Um, We're also on Spotify. We're on, uh, I don't know, Apple Apple Podcasts. We're basically anywhere you can find a podcast. Um, and so also on YouTube. And if you do, then you'll get a notification every time we put up a new show, which is usually right after we air it live. So you're not missing a thing. If you're not available Wednesday morning to hear us speak, it can be a really good thing. Um, so we want to talk a little bit about this weird controversial issue. And I will tell you what. <laughs> Let me get myself in trouble here, aren't I? This is how this works. So this, I felt like this chapter really led into this discussion a little bit because usually, um, I'm going to say this, I grew up spiritually, so I didn't grow up in church, but the first church I ever attended was a four-square gospel church, and and four-square gospel churches, just in case someone's not aware, is was actually a ministry that was started by a woman, um, and so in the 1920s. Oh, you went to her house? Uh... Amy Semple, my person. yeah. And so, um, and she's got an interesting story, and it's not all, like, glamour and glitz. Like, just like everybody, she's, she's got good things and bad things, right? Okay. But the point is that in, in 1920, she was a woman in ministry who planted her own church and led her own church, and it was really one of the first, like, mega churches in the United States where people would come from all over to hear her speak, and she had this incredible healing ministry that uh, worked out of the church. And so when I first became a Christian, I had no idea <laughs> that there were other churches that had prohibitions to women serving in ministry leadership. <laughs> Because the first church I ever had exposure to, and for a long time the only church I had exposure to, uh, was planted by a woman, and it was not at all uncommon to see women leading in various areas of ministry and even on occasion preaching from the pulpit. Okay? So I was shocked at some point um, after having been a Christian for a long time and having God birth a dream within me to be able to minister his word, to find out that this was actually an extremely controversial thing. <laughs> um, yeah, it kind of it kind of hit me from sideways, right? Now, um, Mariah, have you had a similar experience? Because I know you were brought up 
in a four-square gospel church all of your life. Mm-hmm. It's the only church you've really ever attended, right? Yeah. And so um, ha- have you ever had that experience where someone told you that you couldn't minister um, because you're female? Yes. And how did you receive that? Was that new news to you? <laughs> it, well, I was at a very impressionable age um, when I got the the news that women weren't supposed to do that. Um, and so I just took it as fact. And uh, for me, when I was at Cornerstone, I didn't see a lot of women pastors in mm-hmm. adult church. I saw them in kids' church. So the person who had told me that women can't be pastors, it just was, oh, okay, then I guess that's just not for me then. Um, and it was, it really left me feeling like there was no purpose um, yeah. for me because that's what I wanted to do. And when people would ask me, oh, what do you want to, what do you want to do with your life now? I was like, well, I don't know. That was kind of my plan. So, right. Yeah. Right, right, right. And so, um, so that kind of threw you off for a while. Quite a few years. Right. And so um, there is this huge, like, disconnect and conflict um, because uh, I really will, will say I, I absolutely believe that um, ministering the gospel is for all people who are called, have a purpose and a plan. And um, the calling is the same. You know, if you read the Great Commission, right, it, it doesn't say, now only the guys are allowed to go out and make disciples baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. By the way, baptism, also not one of those things that only pastor people do. Um, you know, so if your friend needs to be baptized, you can totally take them out and, get, and, and baptize them. Don't need any special credentials to do so, um, except for the Holy Spirit. Okay? Well, do that to a guy who was traveling. Right. Yeah, he was, there was a eunuch traveling in, uh, to Ethiopia. Right? Reading a scroll from Isaiah. The belt just went, hey, can I get baptized? And he's like, hey, yeah, let's do it. Actually, the eunuch started that conversation. He said, oh, yeah. what's to prevent me from getting baptized now? Um, and so Philip just did it. So the, you don't need some special credential. You don't have to go through school um, to do this. And the qualification is all who are called, right? And who who is called? Oh, Everybody. Gosh. Everybody's called. Everybody's called. So um, the reason I thought this was a good opportunity is because the scriptures that are usually cited um, to say that women should not serve in any capacity of authority in ministry are written by Paul. Um, And we just came across this whole, like, lengthy paragraph where he was um, uplifting several people who were clearly ministering within the church and outside the church and ministering the gospel. Okay, so a lot of people, you know, people who don't believe in the Bible would say, well, this is a contradiction, right? Um, people who do believe in the Bible have a lot of ways of reconciling this. Um, some people will say, um, you know, that those particular scriptures, and I'll even give you the address here. Um, there's one in Second Timothy, uh, oh, sorry, First Timothy, First Timothy 2, 11 through 12. And then uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 34 through 35, they'll say, 
well, those scriptures are authoritative and nothing else that Paul says matters. Okay. Um, but I feel like that position really ignores um, the, the broad scope of the gospel, the broad, the broad scope of the Bible, and the broad scope of even Paul's writing. Um, for example, um, in 1 Corinthians 14, 34 through 35, uh, Paul is making this correction, and he says something about women um, needing to remain silent within the churches. Um, but when you look at it further, uh, it's in this paragraph. You know how I always say you have to read things in context to fully understand what they mean? So it's in this context of this paragraph where he's saying things like, um, you know, people who are speaking in tongues should only do so if there's someone who can interpret it. And that you should limit prophetic pro- pro- proclamations within the church service to three. Okay? Which, you know, by the way, that's a random number, right? If there's four, it's not Satan's service now, okay? If there are none or only two, it's not like, you know, the Holy Spirit's not working, okay? Um, what what ha- is happening here is that, um, and, the, and the word that's used there um, for women speaking is not the word um, that would be used for preaching. It's a word that means chatter. Okay, chatter. We're talking side talk here. Do women like to talk? Yep. Oh, yes, we like to talk. Um, you. <laughs> especially me, yes. Um, the red club. She got the red card in Gavel Club because uh, she was doing an evaluation. She talked for over seven minutes. I did not. I did not. It was uh, three minutes and 41 seconds. Oh. Yeah, it was three minutes and 41 seconds. But to the point, it was 11 seconds over time. And I should have wound it up a little faster. So probably felt like seven minutes. Um, but anyway, so to the point, um, they, they're they talking in, in this section of scripture about keeping church service orderly, right? So does that mean it's a broad proclamation across nations and millennia that women should never utter a word once they step into church and be perfectly silent? No, <laughs> not at all. And as a matter of fact, if you look forward, if you if you look behind in that um, same paragraph, where he's talking about people prophesying, he's talking about men and women prophesying. So a woman can't prophesy if she must stay silent in church, right? So it would be an immediate contradiction. So clearly he doesn't mean that. Um, so if I accept that as just saying, well, this is the rule of law, women should never speak, then what that really shows is my own personal prejudice that I would prefer women not speak. So I'm just accepting that without looking any further into it. Um, the other one that people cite a lot is First uh, Timothy 2, 11 through 12, which basically says that a woman should learn in quietness and full submission and, again, never ask questions during church. So let me explain a little bit about how this was set up, okay? When you, when you went to churches, there was, like, a side for women and a side for men. And women, um, back in this time, um, had not been well-educated. So, so you've got two different kinds of women attending this church, okay? Um, uh, you have women who have been um, – this particular church was in a very matriarchal society where women were um, really leading the churches that were uh, – 
that, that were pagan, okay? They were in charge. They were used to having a voice, okay? But they didn't understand the gospel or Judaism. And women who had been brought up in Judaism were never allowed in the temple for teaching. So you have a lot of women, some of whom feel they have a lot to say, and all of them having questions, and all sitting on the opposite side of the room from their husbands. So if they didn't understand something, they would kind of lean forward and say, hey, Joey, what does the pastor mean by that? In the middle of service. <laughs> and do you think that was a little disruptive? Yes, a little bit. Super disruptive, super disruptive. So oh, she's telling Timothy, hey, get a hold of your church. Yes, yes. Get it going. Yes. And Move along. Right, right, right. Um, and there's there's also a place in scripture, and I, I don't have the immediate uh, scripture reference um, at my fingertips, but where um, where uh, Paul says that he would not allow a woman to instruct a man, um, and this is that same context there that they have this very matriarchal um, uh, paganistic culture, and women have been telling uh, Timothy. They're, they're like matriarchs, okay? They're, Timothy's a young pastor. Uh, Timothy's a young pastor. He so they're has, like, I know more than you. Right. <laughs> they're, they're talking down to the pastor, not giving him the respect that he deserves um, as the pastor of the church. And um, so that's kind of the context of Paul saying that. Um, outweighing uh, those three statements is the broad overview and over arc of scripture, uh, where we have the first missionary ever being the woman at the well, where we have the first people to proclaim the risen Christ to be the women at the tomb of Jesus. Um, now, remember, Jesus was completely able to shut the mouth of Elizabeth's father, uh, when he didn't believe that Elizabeth was going to be pregnant with a son, right? That's that's uh, John the Baptist says. Okay. Do you think that he could have arranged for those women not to be the first ones to preach if he didn't intend women to preach? Like certainly he could have done something to make sure that they weren't the first ones to proclaim the risen Christ, right? right? Like like he was capable of that. And so, um, you know, and then we have people in the Old Testament who were uh, predominant and, and important. But even just look at Deborah. She was a judge. Um, a judge back in that day, that was the same as the ruler of Israel. Um, she, ruled, she ruled over the whole kingdom. She, uh, In fact, she was such a powerful judge that the leader of her army, even though she was female, refused to go into battle without her. Um, understanding that the power and the anointing of God rested rested with her. Um, so the challenge, I think, for a lot of ladies is this, is that there will be people who come up to you and say that we should not be ministering God's word, that we shouldn't be leading in church ministry. Um, and And there are Scriptures, when taken in isolation, that could be uh, very frustrating to that cause and can cause you to lose heart. But um, we feel the call of God and the pull of God to do the things that he's called us to do, and that's to minister the word. And so I would encourage you that if you're uh, a lady in that position, 
um, but that charge is not for special people, but it's for everyone, regardless of their past. Um, but the Bible talks about how there's neither um, free nor slave, Greek nor Jew, male nor female, but all one in Christ, and that we should be ministering as one in Christ. Um, did you have anything to add to that, Maria? No. I think I have it pretty good. Got that all good? Yeah. So, um, so when somebody comes up to you and says that, you know, oh, well, you believe in, um, you know, I've actually had people say, well, I know you believe in women uh, ministering in church, but I, I believe every word of the gospel, um, and therefore I don't. I go, okay, well, you know, I do believe every word in the gospel, but I do think that I need to bring my brain along for the activity. And um, I need to look at what what is actually being said. In so bring to the activity was pretty much a nice way of saying, use your brain, what your yeah. attention. Right, right, right. You can't just read something and, and take it at face value sometimes. Sometimes when things seem unusual or out of place, especially for someone who just spent you know, and, and by the way, if you look in Paul's letters, it's pretty consistent where he is praising women in ministry. Um, so if he's praising women in ministry with one breath and he's saying that, that they ought to be silent in church in another, then somewhere your brain has to, like, stop and think about this. Stop and think about this. Why would he say this here and this here? And are they actually contradictory concepts? Or is there a reason he's saying this in this context and this in this context? Um, and I think that any reasonable person come to the conclusion, unless they had some agenda, that he has a goal and a purpose for saying uh, that the women need to stay silent in church, and it had more to do with um, gossiping and asking questions in context that it wasn't appropriate so. than um, – than, than the fact, because they'd never really been in church, they didn't really know how they were expected. So with that context thing, what Paul was actually saying, when women should be silent in the church, stop going to your husband's like, hey, hey, Joey, what does this mean? And, and, and stop the side conversation. Right. That's, okay. that's what he meant by You get a bunch silent. of ladies sitting next to each other, what are we going to do? <laughs> we're going we're gonna to chat and we're going to talk. And they had no real background of being in a holy worship service. Like, hey, Carol, so, how are your kids doing? Right, right, right. So maybe they're having side conversations during the church service. The point is they were being disruptive. Um, <laughs> and that was why that was being said, not because women, um, by virtue of being women, should never speak. <laughs> that's just not appropriate. And if we are to say that that's the case, then every church service should always have three prophetic words, no more, no less. And every church service should, should feature someone standing up and giving an exhortation in tongues and someone else standing up and interpreting it. And if you don't see those as mandatory activities in church service, and if a fourth person tries to prophesy, if they are not immediately shushed and told to, to sit down and shut up, um, then there's absolutely no reason why we would hold this statement um, of women staying silent in church in a higher regard than how we appropriately apply those things. Um, and, and nobody says, oh, yeah, we should never, ever, ever have 
you know, more than three prophecies in church. Or if you, there's no one prophesying in your church, there's a problem. If you hear any side noise, that is the dog trying to turn the doorknob. He is like, trying to get in. How do you guys do this? He is trying, trying, trying to get in. So, um, so anyway, if the question is, should you commit yourself to spending time in ministering in a church, in ministering outside of the church, in church leadership or ministry leadership, I'm going to say absolutely follow God's calling and worry a whole lot less about what man thinks. Um, so I think that it's time for us to cut to commercial one more time. We'll come back okay. with some Q&A, okay? Q&A. Sounds good. I have to find a good commercial mm-hmm. to put on. I should have been doing this, but <laughs> I wasn't. And let's go there. Freaks, outsiders, weirdos, the wallflowers, oddball loser, fish out of water, speak up, talk quieter. We are different. There's no arguing. It's a fact. A patchwork of flaws, we grow and adapt. We're funky, unconventional, see life through kaleidoscope eyes. In a field full of clovers, with our four leaves, we bask in blue skies. Flaws are natural. Our imperfections, our weaknesses, our scars. There is a misfit in all of us. We just have to be brave enough to embrace who we are. We all know that times are tough and things are really expensive right now. So why not save a little bit of your wallet as well as the landfill? Marty.com carries high-quality products at low, low prices, sometimes up to 70% off of retail. I just got a wonderful package of beef jerky for one cent sent to my house through Marty.com. Marty.com offers high-quality products at discount prices. Why? Well, sometimes products are seasonal or overstocked, or packaging just changes. It's still great quality food, but it's going to end up in the landfill if we don't find some way to distribute it. And leave that to Marty.com. Now, if you want to save a little extra today, you can get $20 off your first order by going to our Facebook group for Dynamic Word Bible Studies and picking up a discount code there. So check out Dynamic Word Bible Studies at Facebook and find Marty.com on our comments. You'll be able to get this free discount code. It's going to give you $20 off, and it's also a great way to support our show and to keep those landfills light and to save some money in your wallet. And I'm all about saving money. So check out Marty.com. All right, guys, well, welcome back to Dynamic Word Bible Studies. Welcome back. Welcome back. That was like an old show. <laughs> Look, somebody on the other side of the radio understood that joke, and they're laughing, too. It was like an old show from the 70s. Like, I think it was in reruns when I was a kid, so. All right, so it's time for some Q&A, and uh, we're going to give out our phone number real quick. What? Oh, what? Okay. So we're going to give out our phone number real quick. It is uh, 319-527-6208. That's 319-527-6208. Press 1 if you want to talk to us. Yes. And we also have our chat room open. I should 
pop open the window so you can see you there. Um, so if you happen to log in, you can uh, chat with us, you can ask a question in chat, or answer a question in chat. We'd be happy, happy, happy to be able to answer that for you. So um, let's talk about encouragement again. Um, has God ever placed an encourager in your life, and how do you feel after talking with them? That was the whole answer. <laughs> Who's your encourager? Um. I would think Pastor Lisa. She she is definitely one, but like I don't I I'm not able to talk to her as often. I, it it depends. Mm-hmm. I have different people for different things. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh yeah, I remember we were talking about this one. So I know Miss Christy. Miss Christy is probably the biggest one. Mm-hmm. Um. She's a cheerleader. She really is, and she does a good job, and I cry every time I'm on the phone with her. What a good cry. Yeah, because I'm like, you're right. This is really hard, but thank you so much. <laughs> she does. She knows how to encourage your heart. Yeah, and it's, she's so genuine about it, too. Well, she, she always is. says sweetheart, and it's like, ah, I love says me. I really love her. She's amazing. Yeah, pro- probably probably my encourager, Karina Church, mm-hmm. um, but also Sherry. But um, Karina definitely has a special gift for encouragement. Um, like all the words that come out of her mouth just make you want to go out and do good things, um, <laughs> and, and not throw bed sheets at each other while we're on a radio show. Like, yeah, boss. But after. Maybe after. Maybe after. Maybe after. <laughs> I don't know. I keep thinking I want to do homework in the park today. I want to see the sun. It's <laughs> really nice out. It's beautiful out. I think I need to get outside. <laughs> I would not be super opposed to that. I'm saying I think uh, Caitlin might be because she's waiting for a package. So, um, <laughs> but I'm like, I want to see the sun. <laughs> I think I think that the sun will encourage me today. <laughs> Go outside, be productive. I know. It's so lame, but yeah, I really want to see the sun today. Probably um, my encourager. Uh-huh. Probably the youth group, because last time we were on a camping trip with the church, mm-hmm. we just all the boys just sat in a circle and we just started encouraging each other. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Do you have any particular friends who you're like, man, when I see that guy. He always has good things to say about me and uplift me. No, Belle and Yuel. Yeah. Yeah. They're awesome. Those are my two. Never heard them say a bad thing about me. Yeah. They told they told me you were their brother. Twin. Twin brother. Yeah. yeah. It was awesome. So uh, I was I was like, I don't remember giving birth to you. <laughs> I don't think they knew I was yeah. your mom. I feel like I would remember. <laughs> I feel like I would have remembered that, but okay. <laughs> And I was like, wait, that's your mom? I was like, no, I was like, you haven't noticed this? <laughs> like, you didn't know until the third day. That's <laughs> funny. <laughs> you seriously didn't notice this until now? <laughs> yeah, so that was kind of fun. Yeah, those are my bros. They are pretty <laughs> awesome. So, um, has God placed someone in your life that needs godly encouragement? And are there some practical ways you can encourage them? 
Hmm. I have a friend that um, she was just announced that she's going to be taking over the youth ministry, um, and she's super excited. Um, but it's nerve-wracking. But terrified. It's absolutely terrifying, especially because she understood that taking on this task was going to look one way, but while they announced it, it was going to be something entirely different, um, where she thought she would get um, more time for training, um, mm-hmm. and it was like, nope, the training should start right now because you're going to be taking over solo. Um, wow. And she's, she's nervous. Um, and this well, is she's also understandable, yeah. It's very understandable. She is a little bit older than me, but is still, you know, young. Um, and she's getting married, but um, the fiancé's calling is in a different area of ministry, so she's still kind of going at this solo. She's like, I would prefer to have a guy with me because, like, Guys understand guys better, and a guy can pray for another guy. Um, she's like, I'm not, I'm not backing down from this because of that reason alone. I'm, I'm still gonna do it, but it's, it's nerve-wracking, and top of all for other responsibilities, it's just a lot. Right, 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 and and it's difficult too, I think, because um, you had expressed that she was fairly young, that your your age was a little bit older or whatever. Yeah, she's like, she's she's turning 26. Yeah. And while there are some things that, like, as a woman, I can't teach a young man, um, there are an awful lot of things that a nurturing mother's heart can reach a young man with. Mm-hmm. Um, and and she, so, she served with the youth for years and years. She knows the ins and outs of every person that's there. Um, but, you know, it's, it's still nerve-wracking. Right. It is. It is. It's hard. So, um you know, uh, God will supply what she needs. So if, if there's a necessity to have a young man come alongside, uh, he's already called the person. You know what I mean? So we just need to pray that he steps forward and, and does that. Yeah. Um, so I have I have a few people that I that I am able to encourage and and to love on in that sort of way. And um, sometimes it's a phone call. You know, but. You know, sometimes it would be like you could send a letter to someone. Um, maybe your friend just needs to go out for some coffee or tea and some girl time, and to let and, and to be told that she's she's the one that God has put in this position that He wants her there, and if He wants her there, it's because He has a purpose and a plan. You know, um, Cross, can you think of anybody that God called you to encourage? Your sister, your friends, your Mother. Yeah. <laughs> all of those. All, all of those. Yep, that's my answer. You can that's encourage me. You're awfully awesome. Uh. <laughs> um, what does it mean when the Bible says that the power of life and death is in the tongue? Um. Is that what it means? Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can stick out my tongue and that's oh, life or death, oh, you know? Oh, oh, that uh, the tongue has the power to build someone up or chase someone down. That's right. 
Yes. Our words should be used for encouragement to build people up, not to tear them down. I remember um, when you guys uh, were younger, and I mean it's still a it's still a thing, but I haven't had to remind anybody for a very very long time, right? But um, you know we're, we're real careful about our language in our house. Ah, yes. And. When we're using language, I used to tell you all the time that your language is supposed to be to build people up and not to tear them down, right? So that means, like, we're not just worried about curse words. <laughs> we're worried about um, about saying bad things, you know, calling somebody a jerk or, or saying someone's stupid. That was one that, like, you know, when you guys were little kids, you always, you know, want to call each other stupid or whatever. Um, and... So our scripture reference on that was Ephesians 4.29, right? That your words are supposed to build people up and not tear them down. Mom's punishments were so weird. She had me write that verse down on a piece of paper like 50 times. Hmm. Did you remember it? Do you still have it memorized? No. You don't? No. 50 more times. No! I'm just kidding. <laughs> He's got enough schoolwork to do without that. I don't need to do that to him. No. <laughs> um, do you have anything to add to that, Mariah? It's definitely a foreign concept for people outside looking in. Um, I know my face needs redemption. So <laughs> no, I would have friends that would just say, like, just mean things. And I, I give them this look, and they're like, what? Like, that is so mean. Why on earth would you say that? Oh, they know we're kidding. Do they, though? Like, we don't kid like that. Yeah, that is not funny. And there's been people I'm very close with. um, And, um, like, for a guy, he's explaining to me, well, this is just how guys talk. And I was like, well, it's a dumb way to talk to a friend. He's like, see, you can do it, too. I'm like, well, I'm right, though, because it's not helpful. This isn't encouraging. It help you. It doesn't build you up. It doesn't right. make you and stronger. Like, what if they believe you? They're like, oh, we know that we're kidding. They don't really, though, because they take that on as the identity, and they don't trust you with things anymore. They don't trust you when, you're, when they're struggling because you're just going to turn around and say, oh, well, you're just dumb. Figure it out. And it's like, well, why would I want to tell you any of my business now? Right, right, right. And it is it is kind of, there is an aspect of boys talk to each other that way. And they really do. And you know what? That's, that's fine. It's unfortunate, um, really. It's, it's unfortunate. It's sad. Um, but then after, like, pouring into this friend and explaining that, um, he tried to do it to me a few okay. times. And it's like, you can't talk to me like that. If you talk to me like that, I'm not going to tell you things. Like, this is not how we build friendships. And he stopped right away. And it, after a while, he began to see the the difference in his own friendships where it's like, this is not encouraging. I don't want to have to talk like this. And, and you know, he still does. It still trips him up every now and then because this is how they interact as friends. This is their culture. Right. This is part of the male culture. And it is damaging, in my opinion. But then he has also realized in my culture with my friends that it's so much better. 
Right. It, it's healthier, and he's like, I, okay, I, I can see this. It's still a learning curve, for sure, and I, there are times where I still mess up. Sure. Um, I mean, everybody does. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it really does make a difference. Yeah. And yeah. it's something, It's when we say this is a culture, this is something that has to be maintained. It's not, well, I'll just never say bad things again. No, 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 no. Because, boy, howdy, I thank them. And sure. my face says them. So, yeah, so that's a, this is our inside joke with when we say Mariah's face needs redemption, she is a gorgeous young lady. That's not what we're talking about. <laughs> um, so she was always really good about the words she said, but her facial expression would completely out what was going on in her mind. It was the bless your heart, but oh, bless your heart. Yeah, there was, there was definitely like if she if she was thinking something, you could see it all over her face, and I would just laugh because um, I don't take things personally. Yeah, I don't mind that. Uh, right, and I would just laugh, and I'd be like, "Girl, you you you're real polite, but your face sometimes needs redemption." You know, uh, because it's on its own, saying its own thing. Um, and so when we say that's a culture, like, it's really strange to a lot of people outside because this is really our family culture. Um, also, we've seen it in other – I've seen it in other households um, in other places, too, and it's, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it takes a group of people all coming into agreement with communication. This is not okay. We're doing this instead. Right, 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 right. And uh, and that was just one of the things that we decided when when we started running a household that we were going to do. And that was that um, to the best of our ability, we were going to spend our time encouraging each other with our words and not breaking each other down. Um, you know, and that includes, um, you know, my, my relationship with my spouse. That's an area I think I need to work on as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think it's harder not to criticize or say mean things to people that you care about mm -hmm. um, and that you have expectations for. Yeah, and, and, and I think that um, – and, and we do both have a really crazy sense of humor. And so sometimes we, we, we joke with one another – um, but one of the things that's really important is um, when when we're joking with one another, we we might joke about an action or something that's been said, but we won't actually make a joke about the person. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, because there's a big difference. There's a big difference. I don't want to demean my own husband to work. He has to deal with them. They're not always encouraging, right? Um, and so when he comes home, I want him to come home to an environment that makes him feel good about himself, that uplifts him. So that's important to me. Uh, we have like three more minutes. So let's get really quick to this last question. And this one's about uh, women in ministry leadership. Why is it important to support women in ministry leadership? You got a whole lot of people that don't. I agree that. I'm going to say it's because. <laughs> That's funny, yes. Um, I'm going to say this, is that 50% of the population is female. And um, we, we be petty sometimes. Well, no, I, I'm going to say, like, we, we are petty sometimes, but I'm going to say this, is that if you can empower another 50% of the body of Christ to work in ministry, um, 
that's that many more uh, people to come for the harvest. So uh, that's pretty awesome. Before we go, I want to wish Mariah a happy birthday. Oh, thank you. Because you had a birthday while we were gone. And um, we're going to pray for your finger. She also has a finger injury that uh, we're hoping that God will heal quickly so she can get back to work on her regular job. So, uh, Does anybody want to pray us out? Come on, little guy. Right up there to the microphone. Go for it. Oh, God, thank you for this day. Thank you for everything you did for us. Thank you that the show went well today. And we hope that the rest of the show and the rest of Romans goes well. Woo! And that uh, we just lift up Mariah's finger and uh, that there will be quick healing involved. You can do that. And um, that you wish her a happy birthday and that she grows in wisdom. Just me. Amen. Amen. I think she can only lift up her finger. If I lift it up, it might hurt her. <laughs> oh, I guess she can't even. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. We well, have a good week. We'll see you next week. And hopefully, I believe we have a guest coming on next week, right? Hopefully. Hopefully. All right. So uh, we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 